Welcome to the Jonesing for Sports podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jonesing for Sports podcast, the ultimate podcast for all your sports, both college and pro, based in the great state of Michigan. And uh, we got some things to get off our chest this time. I've been seeing a lot of lines and predictions for uh, Penn State to cover against Michigan. Michigan is going to beat the brakes off of Penn State. (laughs) And you know why? Because Michigan is 100% innocent in all of these allegations. (laughs) And this is going to be poetic justice. But wait till basketball season, they say. Well, Michigan's apparently got a chance to be even better than Michigan State because they can't even beat James Madison. (laughs) So let's get into it. Zero bias on this podcast at all. What? Uh, I love that code. You've been putting out bangers of intros. I appreciate it. <laughs> I try to keep bias out of the equation. You know, I think that's pretty important when it comes to <laughs> being an analyst of any sorts. Well, code, you were talking before we started about how, with the allegations and this investigation, uh, your feelings towards it a little bit. And so, maybe since this is so feelings driven, maybe this can kind of be our shower thoughts portion. Okay where we just get our feelings out on the table and move past it. Just air it? Just air it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Michigan's 100% guilty, and <laughs> it's kind of it's frustrating because it's they've done wrong, and yet it's like kind of like what Brand said a while back, like you got a speeding ticket, um, but it's because – you flip the cop off earlier on. But now everybody wants to try this, like, Michigan committed murder. Um, Kill him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he actually killed Hang the policeman. Him. Exactly. So it's like <laughs> Michigan did break the rules. But it's looking like all the other... That's the other thing is that there's reports coming out that, uh, you know, other Big Ten schools were sharing signs of Michigan to try and take down Michigan, which appears to be legal, which is crazy in its own right that you can just share that information with other coaching staffs as long as, you know, it's not in-person scouting. But is that not in-person scouting if you're getting that from the game and then sharing that with other teams? Like, it's it makes zero sense to me. But it iPhone footage. It just 100%. makes... The fact that people are still talking about, you know, cancel Michigan season, postseason bans, suspend Jim Harbaugh. Like, it is just... I want to say worse words, but it irks me to no end. And so... I'm just done with it. Like, I know Michigan's going to get punished. The NCAA will not miss an opportunity to punish Michigan. And there probably should be some punishment because it does look like they broke the rules of scouting, even if it's a dumb rule. Like, that's not the point. But I'm just done with it. Like, there are new reports every day. There are fake journalists out there saying, just wait, I have something big coming tomorrow. And then it's crap news with zero <laughs> sources. And it's like all of it is absolute garbage that people the are peddling for clicks. Tomorrow. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> the thing is, though, people eat it up. They love it. There is nothing selling better right now than the tale of Michigan's downfall. This team that nobody can seem to beat, even though now the past couple games and everything moving forward, ever, the cat's out of the bag and Michigan's still beating the brakes off of people. It doesn't matter. All people want to talk about is Harbaugh is soon coaching his last games for the uh, city of Ann Arbor, and, you know, woe is Michigan. I'm just I'm tired of it. I want it to be over with, and it's just been so blown out of proportion that it's I'm a bad person to ask because, like, I just I can't track it anymore. It just it, it bothers me to no end. What, so what kills me is these coaches, the the ones screeching the loudest about this unfair advantage. Uh, we're worried about the safety of our of our players. They are all up in arms, and then it comes out they had Michigan signals that they got from other teams. So if everyone is colluding against Michigan, and then they're mad at Michigan for trying to get an advantage when they have that advantage against Michigan, that's such bullcrap. Ryan Walters at Purdue. Is he was talking Clown. so so much before the game about how Michigan's a bunch of cheaters, and then Michigan, guess what? They don't have your signs, and you have had plenty of opportunities to. I mean, you looked at on the game they they had made their adjustments, and Michigan beat your brakes off by four touchdowns. And afterwards, you can't even look Harbaugh in the eyes and shake his hand. What an absolute baby! 
He uh, understands too that everyone has the signs. He mm-hmm. and when he was at Illinois, they literally had Michigan signs. He admits that they did, and but he says, but we got them legally, which that's great. I'm not arguing that point. I'm just arguing that you know it's not that big of a freaking deal, right. bro. <laughs> it's not that. Big. It's not the huge competitive advantage that everyone's making it out to be. Uh, so I think if there was any sense in the world, we would make the adjustment to helmet comms and be done with it. Just mm-hmm. move on. This is just like all the issues with um, you know paying players used to be such a big deal. Well, now we have NIL. It's legal. And now we're not really not worried about it as much. Just put the helmet comms in and be done with it. But that's way too much common sense for the NCAA, so don't get your hopes up on that. Ugh, what a dumb, dumb world. <laughs> I'm going to go at this from a little bit of a different angle than Cody did. And Cody's warned me about doing this because he told me, Trav, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter what rules are in play. <laughs> Listen to code. There's enough ambiguity that it doesn't there's, matter. There's a reason for the ambiguity. But so also, that they can wield their power with absolute authority and nobody <laughs> can say a thing. Yeah, I and I agree with that. But it's something that annoys me to no end that no one cares at all what the rules actually say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honest, if I have to guess, honestly, because everyone's been dogging Connor Stallions for being an idiot, for co- not being able to cover his tracks and just being... To be like, fair, he is. How can you not do that? Well, I think it's because he didn't think he was breaking a rule. And I think uh, the Central Michigan, Michigan thing? Mm. I'm not counting that. I'm not counting that. <laughs> That's still Connor Stallions. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not talking about the Central Michigan thing. I'm just talking in general. It's kind of a big thing. I, I know, but I'm not talking about that because that is a separate okay. thing than sending non-athletic personnel to games to scout and to record. That's a very different thing. Showing up to an opponent's sideline, uh, if if that was him, <laughs> then uh, a lot of a lot of Michigan beat writers are saying that they do believe it it was him, <laughs> which they've been trying to say it wasn't him for a long time. But also, it's like straight uh, up out of a sitcom. <laughs> until it, like, an investigation says it, our Michigan beat writers have been pretty rough lately. They, they've been on the just clickbait trail as well. It's been really annoying. Uh, I want you guys to cover the truth and cover what actually matters. And uh, they're not. They're chasing that $1 subscription per month on, on three, and <laughs> it's ridiculous. Every time on, I click on it. On three, beat writers are, are pretty rough. I will, I will agree with you there. I click their articles every time, and then I see that Don't. and go, <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't even click them the click. <laughs> Uh, so uh, what I was saying with Cody disagreeing with him I think that this was a loophole and I think it was a loophole if you look at the nature of the rules that this was a fairly clear loophole that Michigan exploited however I don't think that matters because in a loophole it depends on how the NCAA is going to define things and I think the NCAA is going to end up defining (laughs) defining these uh, scouters as athletics personnel and ultimately if they do that it's illegal and then we go back to it was cheating and we move past it um but i don't think that's as clear cut as as we say i stayed up till 3 30 the night before an interview (laughs) just pouring over the rules i even emailed the secretary of the ncaa football rule book asking him a question about the uh the rule about email an email I emailed him <laughs> about recording and videotaping your opponents. Sicko behavior, by the way. <laughs> uh, and he responded I back. I support it. And I told you guys. I didn't his say response. I didn't support it. I just said it's sicko. <laughs> I he responded back and told me that it is a game action rule. I asked. I asked him, "Is this rule pertaining to like the in-game? Like you can't record audio and video of while you're in the game?" And he said it's a game action rule. I was like, okay, way to be super vague on purpose. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but if you look through it, you can be, use common sense with the playbook or the rule book. The rule book doesn't talk about scouting in the slightest. The rule book doesn't talk. It's talking about in-game actions um, when you are in the game. 
And so that's something that it's talking about. If I'm playing against Cody University, I can't be recording using video or audio. It's not talking about scouting. And I think that's pretty clear when you look through the rules on the other end in the bylaws of the NCAA manual for Division One, because that literally talks about scouting services. And I got into a fight in the comments on Bleacher Report with a guy who was telling me you could only have one scouting service. Oh, that's bullcrap, too, because the scouting service rule where it says each team can only have one scouting service, that's talking about literally scouting recruits, not talking about scouting an opponent. Tell those chumps on Bleach Report, Trav. Oh, I did. I did. I, if you look Chew through that article, uh, you'll see whatever my username on Bleach Report is everywhere in the comments of that one. And I, I, I think I got this false sense of confidence because I just looked at the rules so much, and it felt so clear to me that I'm looking at these rules. It, like this is, I think this is why Connor Stallions did what he did, and ultimately. He's going to get busted. Michigan's going to get busted for it, I think, because of the interpretation the NCAA will use. But I'm, I'm, I'm just so tired of how the world interprets news. This is the same thing with politics and taking the right versus the left. You just hear what you want to hear, and you just go with it. It doesn't matter at all what the truth is. Same thing with world That's true. Uh, politics going on now. Uh, what's happening in the Middle East? No one, people don't care what's actually going on. It feels like they just care what their narrative. Uh, let's care about what actually is happening. Let's look for real truth, people. And if Michigan cheated, then they should be punished. If this was a loophole, change the freaking rules and make it clear so no one else does it. Or like Brandon said, just use headsets. That's where yeah. our. We're not in the Stone Age anymore. It's so easy. It's not that expensive. Uh, I've been really worked up about this. So, Cody, I know you're tired of it. We can. I feel like we can probably put it to bed now. There's new things coming out every week. And, uh, but but before we put it to bed, just a response to some of the things you said, Trav. Um, as as far as people um, should be just pursuing the truth rather than you know facts or feelings. Uh, my response to that is, you can't handle the truth. The second thing is, my interpretation of all this is that what you said, if this gets dragged out into a long process, where I look to Kansas basketball, who had a number of level one violations, like real bad stuff, and they they basically got nothing. The investigation took like six years. Um if it gets dragged out and it turns into this argument over interpretation of rules, I don't think that it's going to be as big of a deal as obviously people are making it out to be. I don't think it would be huge. Unfortunately, I do think it might be huge if they're able to prove Connor Stallions was helping Central Michigan <laughs> against Michigan State. That one is big. And yeah. uh, they can nail Harbaugh for that because technically – they just updated the rule. He's responsible for anything that happens with his program, including the behavior of his coaches. So I think anyone with any common sense is saying, yeah, no one from Michigan's side is saying, yeah, Connor, go lend yourself out to Central <laughs> Michigan. No, that would not. that's not happening. But because Connor Stallions is literally insane, that did happen, I think. So uh, that one is something worth monitoring because – uh, it's, that's just very like you can argue like Travis just gave us the example of why you can argue what he did with the sign stealing wasn't necessarily maybe against the rules kind of live in that gray area um, mm -hmm. the other one is very much very much against <laughs> the rules so that's that's the one I kind of more monitoring and everything else like Cody said is just noise because it's a whole bunch of people who got their feelings hurt they're like oh Michigan's good so they're cheaters. <laughs> like they're they're up in their feelings and they just need and they need an excuse. Well guess what? Without signs, Michigan beat Michigan State forty nine to zero and beat Purdue, what was it, forty one to thirteen? These yeah, are not but, close games. But Purdue scored thirteen, which was the most points scored against Michigan all year, Bran. They scored a touchdown <laughs> with twenty seconds left. <laughs> against the second string defense. I mean it's the a touchdown, twenty seconds left. 
that's completely meaningless. People are like, oh, we got them now. Mm-hmm. Clearly the signs were what helped them. Not to mention that when they were actually trying in the first quarter, you saw how that offense was really operating when they were trying 17-0 like nothing. And they mm-hmm. didn't score in the second quarter or maybe a field goal. When Michigan lets the, you know, they go back into their comfort playbook, I got a feeling they're we're going to see some pretty offense against Penn State because they're going to let it loose. Just saying. <laughs> yep, I agree. The one thing I think that you're underestimating, Bran, is the the gulf in hatred that the NCAA has between Kansas and Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> True. And I'm not even saying that Jim or Michigan's innocent, but if you don't think that the NCAA hates him or at least loves getting the chance to try and punish him for wrongdoing then you've been burying your head in the sand. But that is ultimately the thing that frustrates me the most is just the fact that there doesn't seem to be much competitive advantage. And, like, Michigan didn't need to do this. You know, Connor Stallions, being on Central Michigan's timeline, allegedly, uh, to scout Michigan State, can you think of a more worthless endeavor, like a, a better example of the ends coming nowhere close to justifying the means? Like... What are you getting from that? Michigan State didn't score a single point. You're you're going to put that much <laughs> on the line for this team that is such so like not even treading water. They're they're drowning. They have they're plummeting. That's the team you're going to risk it all for. <laughs> they didn't need to risk any of this for these teams. They have the talent. In Can fact, we... in the latest article that came out from a uh, a former coaching staff member of a Big 10 school, that's something that he had said was that the crazy thing is that Michigan has the talent to beat any of these teams without any of this. Like, it was completely unnecessary, and now they're going to get punished for it. Look, Code, when you're burdened with glorious what? purpose, <laughs> then a Friday night isn't just a Friday night. A Friday night is a chance to bring down Michigan State and then shave your head and shave your goatee so you can play against East Carolina on Saturday. Okay, I want to touch on that real quick. I think most of us think probably it was him. <laughs> if let's say if it was, let's say it was him, the lengths he went to mm-hmm. to change what he looked like because he had shaved head prior to the Michigan State game too. They have the team photo that was allegedly taken yeah, I heard he three had days a before that. That's a wig he was wearing <laughs> under a hat that looked very real. That hair, like, the way it came down by the ear and on the neck, it looked like it was connected to his head. Like, so... That's what I'm saying. Straight out of a TV show. Like, that's not real. And if he was using those Ray-Ban glasses, camera like glasses... Recorders, yeah. Then, holy... That's another level. <laughs> Again, I'm not convinced it was him yet because of... It seems so ludicrous. Um, but if, with Central not saying who it is, is the biggest yeah. indicator that Central's it talked was again. Him. Central What'd doesn't know who it was. <laughs> yeah, sure That's they the don't. Whole th- That's the thing. They either don't know who it was or it was Connor Stallions. <laughs> the, the fact that Coach McElwain's first comment was the sign stealer guy, his name wasn't on our sideline list or passes. Like, yeah, that seems kind of suspicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty nuts. Uh, I honestly, I want this all to be over because, like Cody, I'm tired of it, and this Michigan team is really good, and I want to just have this to enjoy the season and see where it goes. On the flip side, the 30 for 30 on this is going to be wild. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm looking <laughs> forward to. Like, at some point in the future, this is going to be so funny. And it's like, even in the moment, I was laughing to myself like, man, imagine being a staffer for Central Michigan, waking up, and then seeing all your noties like, blowing up because you're getting accused of being Connor Stallions. Um, and then Central Michigan's like, yeah, we're looking into it. And it's like, oh, shoot, maybe, <laughs> maybe it actually was him. How do they not know? Um, which is funny. Like, that is super funny. But in the moment, it sucks. And you're like, dude, you're an idiot. But yeah, like you said, the lengths that he went to, it's just, 
you don't see anything like that ever. <laughs> That's nuts. All right. Uh, want to talk real football? Yeah. Get into please. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of this garbage. Well, we got a football game coming up. <laughs> the Michigan Wolverines taking on the Penn State Nittany Lions over in Happy Valley. And it's going to be a tough one. Uh, that definitely changes the scope of the game a little bit, not being at home. Um, not only is this going to be their first real test of the season, it's at Happy Valley, probably the hardest place in the, to play in the entire nation. Um, like I said, at the start of this pod, a lot of people are picking Penn State to win this one, um, not just cover. And so I guess I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are to that and just your general outlook going into this game. Well, the spread is Michigan four and a half points, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And But ESPN was giving – it showed that spread and then also said Penn State has a 51% chance to win. Um, it's just interesting. Like, well, then the spread should be in their favor. <laughs> uh, here's here's uh, just a tip for you. But they know people aren't taking that. Uh, for anyone listening – Anything that ESPN puts out for analytics or predictions, yep. uh, you should just take that and throw it in the garbage. It's not mm-hmm. even worth the paper it's printed on, if you were to print it out. Uh, <laughs> it is the worst. Uh, the, when they put out their, I think it's their FPI, the F- Football Power Index. It's the worst rankings ever created in the history of rankings. Mm-hmm. They, they will have, let's just say, well, like last year, Texas was like 8-4. and four. And they were in like the top three, um, ahead of Michigan. <laughs> like, it's just it's bananas, the kind of crap that they they put out. And I'm honestly shocked that they're not more embarrassed about it. They should be. So uh, that's the one thing. Um, I don't think they can afford to be embarrassed by it with all the layoffs they do. And honestly, I think it's a... intentional to drive clicks. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. yeah. We, we talk about all these beat writers being super like oh i've got this source and this info it's going to happen soon trying to get you to sign up for their one month of crap content well espn's doing the same thing they're putting out intentionally bad content to drive up engagement which is gross you know espn used to be a respectable institution and now it's just is a horrible cesspool um as for how i'm feeling about this game i have a lot of wait and see because I've been hearing that if there is to be discipline for Jim Harbaugh it could come on Wednesday if Michigan's without its head coach I think that's huge a lot of people have said oh it's not that big a deal they had they were without him for three games in their non-conference it's a we huge deal those non-conference games they were not pretty yeah uh, they were against bad teams and you need Jim Harbaugh on the sideline I think he is huge for the decision making and just for the culture uh for the confidence all that so i think that's huge i almost without thinking put a ridiculous amount of money on michigan to win and cover and then an alt line for them to cover in a large way and then i remembered that jim harbaugh might not be on the sidelines and it did cause me to to not do anything so that's kind of how i feel i think if jim harbaugh's there i think they've got the a little bit of a revenge factor going on because James Franklin has been a ringleader of complaining coaches. Uh, so I think they want to make a statement. I'm really torn on this game. Um, <laughs> I know I preface this by saying we're going to beat the brakes off of Penn State. <laughs> uh, I think this is a complex matchup for a few reasons, but my initial thought was Michigan has beat Penn State back-to-back years. You know, beat them home, beat them away. And we are a much better team than when we beat them away two years ago. That said, this is a much better Penn State team than they were two years ago as well. Uh, they've been holding opposing defenses to just two yards per carry. Uh, that's that's pretty substantial. I think Michigan is not going to be able to really establish the run against Penn State. And that's something that has been pretty crucial to Michigan's success the past couple years. This is a different team. They are a phenomenal team. But it's a different team. And so when that is your identity and you are just trying to ground and pound, I think that's much easier to do in hostile territory 
than it is to establish through the year when you're playing, you know, in a happy valley or if you're playing at the shoe. I think it's a little bit harder to go out and just go guns blazing, put it in the hands of your quarterback. And we saw even just playing against Purdue last week, JJ looked a little shaky. He uh, he didn't look like his, you know, pinpoint accurate self that he's been really coming into his own lately. It was a little bit of a rusty game. And if Michigan goes into Happy Valley and plays like that without shaking off the rust, it's going to be a pretty tough matchup. Um, so, yeah, there's there's room for hesitation, I think. I would counter that a little. If J.J. plays the exact game against Penn State, I think Michigan still wins because mm-hmm. in that shakiness, he still threw for uh, – was it his season high in yards? Yeah. Um, but I know that's not the be-all, end-all. I think the be-all, end-all is turnovers. If he does that and doesn't turn it over, if he's that shaky but doesn't have the turnovers, I think Michigan wins. Um, because I don't – watching this Penn State throughout the year – this is going to be a lot of talking from us with not knowing a lot yet. This Michigan team is passing the eye test. This Penn State team is not. But they're a top 10 team. We're finally going to see Michigan play this top 10 team, playing this opponent. They're going to have to prove all the eye tests right this weekend. And this game is huge for that. And I'm, I can't wait for it, but also nervous about it because going into Happy Valley is a tough thing to do. Penn State isn't bad. Um, so I... I'm hesitant to like make a prediction on how it's going to go, but my feelings are I've been following the eye test all year long, and I feel like Michigan is a very good team, and I think they'll handle and take care of business. But we'll see. We'll see because this is really the first super – I say super legit opponent, but, again, I don't feel like Penn State's super legit. <laughs> I think Penn State <laughs> – Compared to the rest of the opponents, for sure, they're the first super legit opponent. Um, I feel like they are, you know, they're following in the wake of Michigan. Like, Michigan, a couple years back, they would just decimate the middling opponents, but they couldn't hang with the heavyweights, you know? They couldn't mm -hmm. hang with Ohio State. Now Michigan's finally gotten to that place where it's like, you know what, we're the team to beat now. Penn State, if they're not playing an Ohio State or Michigan, they beat the brakes off their opponents. They they can uh, really put up a lot of points in a hurry. Like, they have a solid team. I don't know if they're yet at that elite tier. Um, you know, that said, there had to be a loser between the Ohio State-Penn State game. I think mm -hmm. that loser, just the way it played out, like, was always going to be Penn State. I do think Ohio State is the better team there. That said, I don't think that necessarily means that Penn State isn't real. I think they are a real good team, and they are a game that Michigan obviously should take absolutely seriously. But as fans, I don't think we should be thinking there's zero chance that they walk away with a win either. I mm -hmm. just do think it's still crazy that they're the ones that aren't favored, but people are favoring them. And so while I don't think we'll beat the brakes off of them, like I, if Jim Harbaugh is coaching, I'm picking the cover for this one. I think, I don't know, I think if it's a game that Michigan wins... I think it goes one of two ways. Either Michigan does exactly what they've been doing, maybe to a lesser extent, because I think Penn State is a good team, or they just straight up lose. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't see it being uh, super close because that brings things into alignment that I don't think can mesh together. Because I think this Michigan team is real, and I don't think Penn State could hang. And if they can hang, I don't think that uh, means that Michigan is as good as we thought they were. Well said. So I think somebody's getting exposed. Mm -hmm. uh, I I think so Cody mentioned JJ McCarthy looking a little bit off against Purdue and I think a big part of that was the pressure he was feeling uh, especially off the edges where he was uh, pressured more times against Purdue than he was in any other game this year and we probably will see a similar thing maybe even more so against Penn State because Penn State's got a really, really good defense, especially those defensive ends and linebackers. So I'm not sure if it's helpful. Like maybe it gave him a little bit of a test run against a, a feisty Purdue defense. Like, hey, you can expect this and more coming up. But that's going to be the key to watch is, is J.J. McCarthy able to handle the pressure because Michigan's offensive tackles have been underwhelming. But the other underwhelming guy – across from JJ is Drew Aller. I think the entire Penn State game comes down to can he compete 
because he did not compete even at a basic functioning level against Ohio State. Uh, he looked good against Maryland, but man, against Ohio State, he looked like uh, kind of a JV squad junior high type player. He was terrible. So if he can get comfortable against Michigan, I think Penn State has a shot. And if he is harassed and is inaccurate, I think Michigan could really uh, kind of grind Penn State down and run away with it in the end. Yeah, and so, I think that gives a major edge to Michigan because with Penn State, they need to establish the run because they do not want to be putting this all in Aller's hands. You know, he just is unproven up to this point. So to ask him to go out and beat Michigan, like that's a big ask. With Michigan, you know, they have the talent, um, you know, with the running backs, like Penn State does, but they also have J.J. McCarthy. And J.J. Mm-hmm. can go out and win this game. You can put the game in Blake Corum's hands, and Blake Corum can go out and win this game. And so I think whichever way that game script kind of lends itself to with how Penn State runs its defense, Michigan can manage. When it comes to Penn State, Michigan just really needs to make sure that they contain the run and keep pressure on Drew Aller. And if that happens, I don't see Penn State putting up a lot of points. I see them having a similar performance to how they did against Ohio State. I think the real question is, is Michigan going to continue to score points like they have been against these lesser opponents? I think they will be able to. I agree. I think that (laughs) does it for football. Very good. Well... If that does it for football, it's now basketball season, boys. We've been told, just wait till basketball season. It is finally here. And uh, I think all of us are watching right now as uh, Michigan takes on UNC Asheville. Not looking too shabby, actually. Yeah, if you were watching uh, Brandon's face early on, (laughs) uh, if you were wondering, what the heck is Brandon emoting about? I'm still wondering that because I wasn't tuned in just yet. Uh Michigan's looking pretty nice so far. And yeah. UNC Asheville's... Doug McDaniel is fun to watch. He is so fun to watch. He's so fast. He And he puts up beautiful shots. Right now, it's not halftime. He's got 12.6 assists. Michigan's winning 48-30. to 30. UNC Asheville, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they were uh, picked to win their conference. I believe so, yeah. That's... So because of that, because of some of the uh, talk coming in out of Michigan's camp and the slow starts Michigan's had in the past uh, a few years, I picked UNC Asheville to cover the spread in this game, um, and I'm looking like a fool. Well, that's way early to say because if this Michigan team is even close to having the finishing power that last year's <laughs> Michigan team did, um, they might lose by 12 still. Hey, so in this game, in they've got... They've got fighting Phil. Phil Martelli is their head coach. And Honestly, Phil's going to keep that pedal to the metal. There's there's two guys who are sidelined right now. Uh, one is Jace Howard. One is Juwan Howard. <laughs> Do they need to come back? <laughs> like, I think Phil Martelli is a good head coach. Oh, yeah. And none of us like Jace. So. I, I'm watching this. I, like I didn't Jace. realize Jace was gone. You watch him on the bench. He gets more hype oh, than anybody. Oh, he's great on the bench. Yeah, he's great Leave on the bench. <laughs> Real keep, blue guy. Yeah. Keep like, that bench glued together. If you want him to be together. Michigan's version of Steven Izzo, like, that's fine. <laughs> yep. But he's, he's, not, he's not meant for this level of basketball. And he without him on the floor tonight, Hater. we're seeing Will Cheddar playing a lot of minutes and he's looking solid we're seeing honestly these new guys are trey jackson sick he's uh, sick Mari burnett did miss two open layups right in a row as we've been talking and it's actually <laughs> making my heart fill with rage i feel like it's on fire right now i'm so mad uh but everyone else still looks pretty good actually t will is playing well which yep I th- feel like I need to wash Easy. my mouth out after saying yeah. that. If he will just hit shots, we're happy with him. He's and just he's historically one of the worst at that. <laughs> Usually a pretty important factor for being a good basketball player. Yep. <laughs> yep, I agree. <laughs> but anyways, let's uh, let's kind of get into the, the meat of Michigan and Michigan State basketball. As you know, if you're listening to this, Michigan State dropped a uh, heartbreaker last night to james madison oh, you well, hate again to, james you madison hate to see it 
hate to see it. Heart is broken. You hate to see it. Uh, as you guys perfectly said, you just hate to see it. James Madison is going to be a pretty good team. Uh, again, a team that's favored to win their conference. Um, but if you're ranked the number four team in the country, you, you, you don't want to see that. Uh, you hate to see it. So, you guys, uh, any big takeaways from Michigan State's game last night and then looking forward into the season, what are we feeling about them? Yeah, one thing that I think is just pretty neat, and this isn't coming from just like a super sour Michigan fan that just likes to see bad things happen to Michigan State. Um, I think it's pretty neat that in basketball you can see something like that. As opposed to mm-hmm. in football, you know, you have number four team in the nation playing some middling school. Well, I'll pause you real quick, Code. James Madison in football would 100% beat Michigan State in football, too. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's a very good point. But Michigan State football is not ranked fourth in the nation. What I'm True. saying is once you get to that level, it's like the bigger schools are bigger, stronger, faster. It just doesn't happen. But in basketball – you can put up the same amount of three points as Hitler's on the scoreboard and, you know, end up getting waxed by James Madison. That can happen. You can lose a lot of games that you would imagine you should win. And yet, for the Sparty fans, your silver lining uh, in 2019, or not 2019, in uh, 1999, rather, uh, number six overall, Michigan State, dropped their opener against Wright State, um, who was just a nobody team. And then they ended up winning the Natty that year. So, all in all, I don't think it means too much. Basketball is a whole other beast from football. And as we say often, this is just another good bit of manufactured adversity for the Spartans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't think it's going to be an issue at all. Just starting earlier this year. Yeah, way earlier. If anyone loves this kind of thing, it's Tom Izzo. So, an early loss with a young team. Uh you know, he looked mad during the game. He's and already he chirping at his players. There might be a it's video perfect. floating around Twitter of him calling Matty Sissoko a pretty explicit name. Um, <laughs> and someone from this pod might have posted that video that now has over a million views on Twitter. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Tom is not actually mad. He doesn't think Matty Sissoko is actually a bleeping A bleep. Uh, he really, <laughs> He's really just happy that they have this adversity this early in the season he in his post-game conference he said let the controversy come <laughs> he's this is what Tom Izzo lives for you see him in in game where he's just sitting back and he looks like he could bite the head off of a donkey and you think wow this guy just seems like he doesn't care he's just so angry that he doesn't care you know what he does care he cares so much that he doesn't care for these early games because he wants that early that early controversy, that early just we suck, and for these young guys to learn from it. So Michigan State will be fine. National championship contenders still. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that they're going to have a bounce back. Like, they're going to win a lot of games. But I don't know. It's the first game of the year. I hate to take too much away from it. It just seemed like it was a one-man team, maybe one and a half because – uh, the freshman, I'm uh, forgetting his name, the guy who jumps, Cohen Carr. Cohen Carr. Uh, he he looked good, but uh, Tyson Walker was their entire offense. A.J. Hogard decided to turn into Casper the Ghost. Uh, <laughs> Tom Izzo has got to figure out the center and just the post position because I don't know how many years going on now, it has been a net negative for the team. And it seems like he always hates whoever plays that position. So Travis mentioned uh, Matty Sissoko is getting chewed out. Um, he doesn't seem to like, I think it's Cooper, the, the big, tall, white guy. Um, I, I think Jackson Kohler is injured, so I think he does like him. But he's also like six eight and a half. Um, so I just, I don't know. Like, if you're a legendary coach, you got to figure out that position. And for like five years now or more, it's not been a, pl- a plus for them. They have a five-star freshman in Xavier Booker. <laughs> well, he, and yeah, we'll see. I, I'm sure he'll he'll come on. But Malik Malik Hall was terrible. He looked like terrible. a broken man. So I don't know. I I have my doubts about the the ceiling for this team, and I, it might be premature for me to say that. But I think you need more than 
Tyson Walker to make a Final Four run. I'm sure they're going to have him more than that at certain points, but I don't know. I, I think that it does say something about who this team is. Maybe Cohen Carr just he just turns into uh, like a rocket straight to the moon. And Cohen Carr does seem like he could be pretty awesome. Um, I don't think he's going to be much like a shooter or anything, but just the motor he's got. I mean, Izzo is playing him at center at 6'5", uh, and that might be more telling to how angry he was with everyone else who could play center. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he had Cohen Carr late in the game, and honestly, uh, they gave up a bucket because they had Cohen Carr <laughs> at center, one of those late buckets uh, that pushed it to uh, to ultimately losing was they didn't have a true center down there. They had a freshman who's 6'5". <laughs> and I know Cohen Carr's vertical. He probably can reach higher than any of their centers. That's uh, true. That dude, you watch the video of him dunking at their Midnight Madness. He's, Stupid. It's amazing what he can do. Um, but this team, like, everyone was talking about them returning all this talent and, and gaining talent. I will say they're a very talented team, potentially talented team. However... You also tell, walk walk through all the players that are returning this year from last year and tell me to get excited about them, and there's a lot of them I'm not getting excited about <laughs> that are returning. Uh, Hogard, yeah, the dude is a walking potential. At, at his best, like when you see him play well, you're like, holy cow, he could be the best guard. Uh, I mean, Tyson Walker's better than him, but like besides Tyson Walker, he could be like the best guard in the Big Ten at yeah. his best. At his best, but he's never at his best. He's at his best like 10% of the time. <laughs> at his worst, he's getting benched in overtime against James Madison. This is your senior guard. Like, this is insanity. Tyson Walker, then, is, I think, one of the best guards in the Big Ten. Scoring. One of the best scoring guards. The dude is a uh, walking bucket. And I don't think he's going to be scoring 35 points a game. But, I mean, if this team doesn't help much, maybe he will. Maybe he'll have to. You said Malik Carr sucked. He really did suck. And his size and ability, he's like Hogard. His potential is through the roof. But he doesn't seem to tap into it very often. And then Matty Sissoko, one of the most athletic centers in the Big Ten. The dude can fly, and he's so strong. But as Izzo would tell you, he's a freaking butthole. Um, <laughs> so... There's something about these returners that, yes, they're returning all this talent, but they've got to put it together. And if they can, plus that they'll be great. If they can't, watch out. You're in for a disappointing year. But coupled with that, you got to be excited. They brought in a ton of talent. Um, they're, they brought in two McDonald's All-Americans. They brought in a guy who can jump out of the gym. They are struggling at center, and they bring in a five-star center, and you got to be excited about that for the long term. Now, will they grow into what they hope they'll be? Only time will tell. But I do think this team's potential is through the roof, and they should be a good team. And like Brandon said, this is the first game of the year, and like Cody said, it's basketball, baby. Anything can happen, and that's the beauty of it. So I'm not down and out on Michigan State by any means because of this, but there are some red flags that they'll need to ad address throughout this season. Heck, while we're talking, I'm sure Michigan State is running down and ups <laughs> until midnight uh, because they they got a lot to work on, and Izzo is not a happy man when that's the case. So I, I think they'll turn it around, but a lot to work on. Sounds like we're a little bit more cautiously optimistic, I would say, on this team compared to the national narrative surrounding Michigan State. Do you guys have any predictions for this team? I think that it's going to be a similar situation to last year where they are going to hit peaks and valleys. And I think with a, a little bit higher peaks and maybe more consistent plateaus. But I just don't – I don't know. Maybe I'm taking too much from one game. But it just seems like with Tom Izzo, his teams have not been super consistent. And then mm -hmm. in March, they might win a couple games, but they haven't gone on deep runs in quite some time. So, yeah, I, if I'm just going to put out a prediction, I think they probably could make a Sweet 16. And I I don't, I don't, thought that they were a Final Four team 
before watching James Madison. And you can tell me I would agree with you. I'm probably being too quick to rush to judgment. I'm taking the ceiling down from the Final Four championship level to I think the Elite Eight would be a, a great season. Uh, I was going to give them ceiling. Elite Eight. I think the but depth that they have is better than they've had in years. And that can get you far 16. in March. Yeah. Trev, where you have them at in March? Well, the ceiling is they're a national championship team. Mm-hmm. If they're, like, with Hogard and Tyson Walker is a guy who could win tournament player of the year. And then if you've got Hogard playing at his peak and you've got these five stars, and if they can just rebound, play defense, and get buckets, they've got the depth potentially to be a champion. But they've <laughs> what we saw last night is the typical Izzo anger of youth and these guys not fitting into his mold quite yet. And so if I had to predict, I'm just – it's just a straight-up prediction that they'll be maybe an Elite Eight team, depending on the route. If they, if this stays true and we don't see these guys bump it up, Sweet 16, but I'm going to pick them as an Elite Eight team as of right now. And if they if they turn it up a notch, I mean, it was one game. They've got Duke next week. We're going to learn a whole lot from that one. Um, so they played the Dukes, and then they're going to play against Duke, which is fun. If they can if they can figure it out by March Madness, they're a national champion contender, I think, with the talent they've got. If they can't, they could be out early. It's the beauty of college basketball and the beauty of a Tom Izzo-led team as of late. I said uh, cautiously optimistic before. I meant cautiously critical. Um, do you guys have Purdue winning the conference then? Yes. That's where I'm at as well. I do think, like you said, though, this is a team that could get pretty hot at different points of the season. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them win the Big Ten tournament and have that launch them into a pretty solid uh, run in March. But, yeah, I think I probably have them finishing about second. Zach Eady is inevitable. Yeah. What would you say, Bren? Zach Eady is inevitable. (laughs) And, yeah, just like when Virginia as a one seed – lost to the 16 seed i think purdue's on a revenge tour i'm not saying that they're gonna win the national title but i think that they they get they they're gonna go on a run and they're they're gonna have uh some revenge paid this year uh purdue's got some shooters this year too if you can match up some shooters with allegedly (laughs) i'm fine with allegedly because it's early yeah (laughs) Uh, if they don't hit the buckets, I mean, they hit in their first game against Sanford. They shot lights out from three. Again, that's Sanford. And they hit pretty well against Grace College in their exhibition game. And they didn't hit well against Arkansas in their exhibition game before that one. Um, if they're able to hit knock down threes with that presence of Zach Eady, and their other forwards are I like a lot too. They might even make the Sweet 16. Then Purdue is the number one seed. Uh I get off of it. I want to talk about Hunter Dickinson a little bit later, but uh, yeah, I'm taking Edie and the Boilermakers over Hunter Dickinson right now as the number one team. Hmm. I don't know. I think the Jayhawks are going to be pretty good. <laughs> but that might be time for a conversation for another time. We should talk about the guys who decided to stay in Ann Arbor for another year. Um, guys who are looking pretty good on the court tonight. Boys, what are your overall thoughts? I'm assuming probably going to be a little bit negative like we were with Michigan State. Um, but maybe some things trending up based on what we're seeing tonight. Overall thoughts about this Michigan squad? There's some recency bias on my end because I'm literally watching them play uh, who I thought UNC Asheville would be a pretty tough opponent. And Michigan's looking pretty solid. Um I know, just like we talked about Michigan State, this is one game. It might be the opposite, where Michigan looks really good. There's also a um, full half to play yet. And exactly, <laughs> an entire half to play. But the guys who I are I can't returning... wait until this pod posts tomorrow morning after Michigan <laughs> loses tonight. Yeah. And it could happen uh, with this Michigan team, because, like you said, with the guys returning to this team, um, there's not a ton returning in regards to, like, contribution points uh but i like some of the pieces that are turning like doug mcdaniel is like brandon said earlier he's really fun to watch he's electric and then the transfers we got no one was just like 
wow, these guys are amazing. Everyone was like, these guys are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I know this is one game, but I'm liking what I'm seeing from them. We're going to learn how that really translates. But my biggest takeaway is that these guys, if they can come together as a team, if they can knock down buckets and play good D, and if uh, Howard doesn't play much this year, then I'm happy. <laughs> uh but also, I don't think the Big Ten's that great. From what I've been watching from these teams, I think there's a lot to be wanted from some of these Big Ten teams. The tops, I think, really strong. Uh, but from, like, four to the bottom of the Big Ten, I don't think they're it's anyone's game. Michigan could end anywhere, I think, from the fourth-best team in the Big Ten to the twelfth-best team. And I wouldn't be surprised by either one. You think they could be fourth? I do. I think that's crazy. And that's fine because there's not much proving that. Um, but from what I've seen from the rest of the Big Ten, that's not a prediction that I think Michigan's going to finish fourth. Sure, sure. That's more of an indictment on the Big Ten, uh, the middle of the Big Ten, not being, like, really strong. And Michigan's okay. got gr- a ton of grad transfers, guys who have done it uh, to an extent. And so I don't see why they couldn't finish up to fourth. Um, but I could also see why they'd finish bottom of the barrel as well because it's a lot to figure out. And as Brandon makes another stink face, Dougie drops another three from the corner. <laughs> Ooh-wee. <laughs> Nastiness. My issue is that in years past, we've brought in some pretty great grad transfers um, that have been uh, really solid assets to this team that we could bring them in, you know, maybe play 15, 20 minutes. Um, these guys are starters now out of necessity like you said they're pretty good some of them none of these are like bona fide studs i think nakam was gonna be pretty i think he's gonna be a baller we need him to be we Mm -hmm. need him to step up and be a bona fide stud if this team is gonna have any sort of staying power through march uh but this team is just not deep you look at who we have after the starting five like who is there to get excited about i know trav's gonna say cheddar after that there's there's not much at all to get excited about. Yusuf Kayet. I am not excited from Lebanon. Yusuf Kayet. <laughs> um, you know, I hope he proves me wrong. Hold your but, tongue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like you need depth. Injuries happen, you know, um, you know, maybe we'll see something from Llewellyn this year, hopefully now that he can uh, hopefully he can some sustain sustain, wow, some uh, some health and get a good run going for him. But you got to have depth, and Michigan does not have it at all. Um, so I, I do think there will be some good games when they are healthy, but they've got to stay healthy, and consistency is not going to be their friend this year. And so I do think, like, if they're healthy, their starting five is decent. And if a couple guys really come into their own, they could be a solid basketball team. So I do think there's the potential to get into, like, the top eight, top seven of the Big Ten enough to make it into March. And I think that should be their goal. Mm-hmm. Do I also think they could end up being like 11th or 12th? Yeah. I think <laughs> it's very possible because this is a very, very shallow team and they're going to need a few guys to be able to step up and become players that up to this point in time, they have not been, there's going to be a lot of responsibility placed on these guys. The thing of it is though, they have all the room in the world to take that responsibility upon themselves and show what they've got. Because they don't have all these ball-dominant players anymore that they had last year. You know, it's it's um, theirs for the taking. Here's the kicker code. You said it perfectly. Michigan, they're not the same. Like, they're not super deep. And that sucks if, Har- if Harbaugh, <laughs> if Howard coaches the same way he's done his whole career at Michigan and subs like an NBA team. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you're putting a whole new five in there and the bottom three of that five are guys who should not be seeing the court, then you're just going to be giving up points every game in those sets. We did a study a little bit on this during March Madness two years ago, and the teams that end up going pretty far have a rotation of like seven, eight seven. guys yeah. who are just dynamite. And so if if Michigan can roll with seven, eight that are really – that stay healthy – and can do it. I mean, Doug McDaniels has 17 points right now with the second half just barely started. Uh, That's exciting. And if I think there's enough talent that if you can roll with seven, eight guys with a little bit of buffer, 
they could be a very happy middle of the Big Ten team. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Watching this game right now, uh, I'm seeing a seven to eight man rotation. Yeah. <laughs> if if this continues to go the way it does, and Juwan Howard comes back and his rotations stink because they usually do. Are you guys going to join me in just starting the movement for Phil Martelli? Because yeah. I'm I've watching this game, and they are looking smooth. I love Phil Martelli. They are looking in control. Like, they know how to play together as a team with great chemistry. That happens when you have your rotations down. And, man, I just – I'm a, I'm getting attached to the type of basketball I'm watching right now. Yeah. It looks great. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid. I'll just say it. I'm afraid. And I mm-hmm. shouldn't be afraid that the coach is going to come back and and just ruin it. But here's the thing. You have the silver bullet. If we need to get Juwan out, you just have to somehow get him to punch another coach. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, one more punch is all it would take. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. you know, what tell I'm Greg hearing... Gard that he was, like, chatting up his <laughs> wife or something like that. And what, what that's I'm hearing all the tinder Cody that you need. Is that we have to get Connor Stallions level <laughs> commitment and we get on the bench for an, an opposing team and we just hassle Jawan and in the line we say something real bad and then we take the hit we take the fall and is Phil there, Martelli takes over is there not a little part of you that I'll now realizes like yeah I get it <laughs> uh, you're asking the wrong guy because uh-huh. my favorite movie is uh, the Avengers Infinity War, and I have a lot of uh, appreciation for Thanos. <laughs> While I do, um, I do not agree with wiping out half of all uh, living organisms. Brandon's saying Man, this I for admire le- that legal guy's purposes. Determination. Thanos is just so driven, and so is Connor Stallion. So yeah, I'm not the right person because he did bring a lot of heat unnecessary heat on to Michigan and we should be just furious with him but also dang it I respect him a little bit because <laughs> he is taking the secrets to the grave he won't talk oh yeah he, he's no snitch he is not about to hurt Michigan anymore if at all possible unless he's able to sneak on to another coaching staff because I think he can't help himself uh, the man is crazy he wrote a manifesto I'd love to read it mm-hmm and that makes me kind of like this dude's so passionate and I love so passionate. passionate people. I think that everyone should be passionate about something. Maybe not to the level that Connor Stallions is. I like that but you also, say maybe. I do, I do appreciate it. <laughs> not, not a, you don't like say people shouldn't. You say maybe they shouldn't be this passionate. <laughs> because I get it. I do. Life is too short to just go through the motions. You should be on mission like Connor Stallions. And hopefully you don't bring uh, disrespect on, on whatever your passion might be, whether it's your school or, or your job or your team or whatever. So he failed his mission, but also, man, he tried his hardest. His little heart was just beaten for Michigan. Mm. <laughs> That's the answer I was hoping for, Bran. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd be on board. <laughs> I don't know. Like, don't you think that he was having the time of his life when he oh, was Oh, hundred percent. I mean, that, like, that was just thrilling for him. I mean, you ever watch those videos of adrenaline junkies who, you know, they might be mountain biking on the side of a cliff or just doing something insane. And you mm-hmm. think like, there is something mentally wrong with those people because <laughs> if they, they're screw living up, their they're... truth. Yeah, but like, you think, like, if they screw up, they're dead. But in their mind, they're like, this is what makes me feel alive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I see Connor Stallions. His heart <laughs> had to have be- been beaten so fast when he's on that sideline, and he's like, this is incredible. I am on Central Michigan's sideline doing reconnaissance <laughs> for my university, the school mm-hmm. I love more than anything else in the world. Like, he's living his dream. Fly high, Connor Stallions. I think that's a good note code to uh, sign us off with. Yeah. 
fair enough. So, you know, whatever it is you're into, you know, sports, <laughs> cooking, near-death experiences, live life like a Con- Connor Stallions. Maybe not. <laughs> right, maybe don't take that, like, super literally, but, but live with some passion. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit, you know? Live like Connor. A dash. Yeah. <laughs> Live with a dash of Connor. Alright, whatever. Get out of here. Go enjoy your lives. Live like Connor. Thanks for joining us. Deuces. Deuces.